Hello and welcome back to The Late Comers. I'm Amity. I'm Lemuel. And together we make Lamity. Oh no. Or Amuel. Amuel is actually good. That sounds like it could be an actual biblical name. Well, that's fine, but Am is my least favorite shortening of my name. And every shortening of my, of my name is bad to me. Why would anybody short your name? It's it very short. It doesn't... Well, it's not. It's three syllables, but... Uh, okay. So why does my name seem so much longer at three syllables? People usually just give up. It's the gravitas. <laughs> right. Lemuel. It's also the skin color of your face. Oh. Oh, it makes it harder to say your name. Consecrated to the service of Jehovah, yes. And I thought the, that your name was actually like two syllables. Um, it is two syllables if you're saying it in Spanish. Got it. Lemuel. Yes. One, it two. Makes it feel like a character in Zorro. Oh, don't you don't know. like? I don't like any. I don't like my name. It's, oh. it's quite a. Should I call I, you by your middle name? Caleb? Yes. Well, that's interesting. It, I wasn't asking for your middle no, name, I was. and I wasn't going to say it if you didn't want to say it, but. Yeah. Yeah. I don't love my name either. I don't hate it anymore. I used to want to change it to four. Four? Four. Oh, okay. The number. The numeral. That's good. You could be like um It's deeply not good. Patrick the character in that detergent series. Oh. Which I will always have in my heart because they had a whole faction named Amity. Right. So that's ironic. <laughs> yeah. That's ironic, Alanis. Take it. Okay. I don't know what uh, what our problem is today. We're already off to a wild start. So we're going to talk about Pet Cemetery, the well, remake of Pet Cemetery. We've pretty much talked about it. So it's... in well, it's this one's pretty different in 2019. Uh, yes. So yeah, we won't we won't get soups granular granular with it. But before we get started, how was your week? <laughs> It, <laughs> it, it 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 was an interesting week. It um yes. So how was your week? <laughs> you know when you find something out and you think your friends should know about it because it is important that they know about it, but also you don't want to tell them because it's not good news. Uh-huh. That's the week I had was oh. was determining what to do with that information. And okay. the week you had was me telling you that information. <laughs> How long so. did you hold it for, love? Oh, like three and a half minutes. It oh, really, okay. I, I found out today. <laughs> I got the impression that you were carrying it around with you no. as, a, as a terrible burden. No, no, no. <laughs> so here's here's what I will say about the last week of mm-hmm. my life. Okay. Um, I'm seeing a lot of people be terrible to each other. Yeah. And it's really taking a toll on me. I'm so sorry. You don't have to be sorry. You are not one of the people who are being terrible to people. And I'm talking about, like, systemically as mm-hmm. well as individually. Yes. It's just sort of been... It's a week where I'm looking at Congress and going, help people. Right. It's not complicated or hard. Just help people. Well, it's it's baffling to me because there's no... I mean, people aren't even hiding this anymore. It's like, I don't want you to be able to vote so that I can win an election. That, that, that the is, minimum yeah. wage nonsense that's happening. Yeah. Um, I I haven't seen a lot of blowback about the absolutely proof positive efficacy of the universal income mm-hmm. in the Stockton uh, case study, um, other than, you know, that mayor was removed not removed but he was voted out yeah like he helped all these people and then was voted out like 
Life isn't a zero-sum game, and I'm tired of Americans thinking that it is. It only hurts them. Us. It only hurts us. And I'm tired. I think I'm going to write a piece, probably for Medium, because, you know, then mm. then nobody has to decide to publish it. I can Correct. do it myself about these things. But, uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a it's rough It's very week. discouraging. It's discouraging to find out that it's the same thing as listening to people justify police brutality or police yeah. behavior yeah, and realizing that the people who are arguing that I, as a person of color, and you know this, and our readers might not necessarily know that when I lived in Berkeley, the seven years I was in Berkeley, I got stopped 14 times by police officers for everything from calling the police on a person who was sexually harassing somebody on a street. Um, I actually got followed to my house by the police and they insisted on coming in and it almost came to blows with me and a police officer until our, my... You are going to lose in that scenario. Right. I know, but it not, was to the Not point, the fight, but right. like the experience right. is going to not go well for until that one of my roommates, the other roommate that we had, who was a tall blonde woman, stepped into the room because she heard all the commotion that the cops suddenly backed up. They were perfectly willing to create an incident where I would react a certain way. Mm-hmm. By yelling accusations at me mm-hmm. until... Yeah, the Berkeley the, Police yeah. Department are notorious for that. Right. And so they would provoke things. And so it happened more than once with the Berkeley Police Department. So it's weird that... You know when you see a whole bunch uh, of the Berkeley Police that there's one teenager who was skateboarding. One black teenager. Right. And 14 police like, cars. Yeah. It, because there was another occasion when we were in Berkeley where I tried to stop a person, if you remember, who was stealing a book from mm-hmm. the bookstore we worked at. Yeah. And the police tried to arrest me for following this guy who stole the book. Yep. And it wasn't until, again, my white supervisor came and rectified it that I was... So when I think of instances like that, and I see people defending the police, I go, well, so it doesn't matter if I'm brutalized or if I'm arrested wrongly and I have to bail myself out it and I have a police record. It matters that you feel secure from people like me, even if we're not trying to harm right, you. Right, but also people like them are going to eventually have a bad experience with the police because mm-hmm. I don't know anyone who's had a good experience yeah. with police. I legitimately mm-hmm. don't. Yeah. Um, I know police officers or, or people who work in law enforcement mm-hmm. and socially right. or um, academically yeah. they were fine but as, yeah. as in in a work situation, nope. Never. I don't know, I don't know anybody who's ever had a good experience. Um, but these are also the type of people who, like Megan McCain, right? Uh-huh. She has a baby and realizes, oh, maternal leave is good and important. Right. Be- and she never, you know, thought that before because it never affected her before. Yeah. So these are people with very low empathy, They're I guess. Very also very self absorbed. It, it's like if something does not. Mm-hmm. register with them. So it's, yeah, seeing the the defense of police officers' actions in really heinous cases yeah. where there is no defense and the idea is, well, that kind of thing happens. And you're going, well, why, why does it have we to happen okay to me? Why are we okay with that? Yeah. Right. No, it's, well, it's because it's not happening it, to But you, it's the right? same, same argument. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same mindset as we can't raise minimum wage because I only make, you know, $18 an hour. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't have a you shouldn't have a problem with other people making enough to live. You should have a problem with the fact that you are yeah. paid too little. Yeah. That's that's the problem that we... Yeah. I, and, and 
Yeah, and there's a lot of, you know, around the, the possible cancellation of student debt. Well, then pay off my mortgage because, you know, I, I didn't, I, I we both signed contracts and, and, um, you know, as a false to owe a thing. And I'm right. like, yeah, but you know, you have a house. You know yeah. what I have? Debt and no guarantee of a job, no guarantee of anything. I have a, a friend, uh, who is attempting to get into several programs. Yes. So and excited. being very successful with it, mm-hmm. except that she might not be able to take these offers. Because money? Because the issue is they're not giving her a full ride. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah. is an artist. A very talented artist. Um, of course. Yeah. Uh, but grad school for tech pays mm-hmm. you. Grad school for art does not. Right. So. But it ensures, and I had this conversation with her recently, that only certain people get their voices heard and only certain people get to represent. Mm-hmm. And so... Even there in is the a big problem with elitism in art. I was actually yeah. doing a bunch of reading on Anesh Kapoor today. So, yeah, there's a there is a to apply to each of these schools cost her a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Apply to five. So, and that's with, just the start of right. a, of what a grad school program costs. Yeah. So, anyhow, and they expect you yeah. to be also working full time for them. Yes. So yeah, and, and they're not paying you a lot of exploitation. You know, it, You're it not is, necessarily yeah. getting a reward, so yeah. I'm just tired okay, now. I'm in a bad mood. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I just nothing has changed from the world five minutes ago. So no, but, just, but we could just help people. Yes, we could just be decent to each other and see each other as human beings. That might be cool. Could we do that? Your wild uh, theories, woman. I know. <laughs> I'm a socialist, a commie bastard, or whatever. I don't know. I do like that every time we have a con- I have a conversation with um, two of our younger coworkers. Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Ooh, I'm turning them so leftist," because <laughs> <laughs> they don't know a lot of things, and so I'm just like, "Let me frame it to you this way." Right. Because I, it was not framed to me this way, and yeah, and I grew so, up in a conservative household, so it's and I didn't horrifying I didn't, for me to see. Oh my God, I used to actually buy into this, this to a certain yeah. extent because yeah. it was reinforced by all the the culture around me. So yeah, we're lefty commies over here. Mm-hmm. Not, no. I'm not a communist. Left. I, I am a, a socialist. I can't be a communist. I'm religious. You're religious. And that's they right. Like they are a religious. Yes, uh, but. Jesus was also a socialist. Yes. So. All things considered, yes. All right, you want to start talking about this movie? Okay, Pet Cemetery. That's also sad. That's the other thing. This is a sad movie, y'all. Sad. It's, uh, I, yes, once we get through it, I really want to compare it to the other film. Yeah. Because there's interesting points of comparison. I think there. we can do it as we go. So, right. so this is Pet Cemetery. We made four theaters and, you know, later home, bo- home video release. They don't call it that anymore, but I'm going to. Uh, it was released April 5th, 2019, the day after my 39th birthday. Oh. Hey, there you go. Hey, everybody. What's up? My birthday's coming up. And we saw it in theaters, and then we watched it again the other day. Uh, we had recorded it off of, uh, I want to say it was Epics. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. On the, on I the saw dish. it and thought I should record this because it's coming Because it's a Stephen King movie, and so we probably have to watch it, and we did. So this uh, movie starts in the manner of all post-J.J. Abrams films with the beginning at the end. So we get a very shining-like overshot Mm -hmm. of the 
sort of like the aerial view of the property. Right. There's a fire. There's a car. Do you think that device works anymore, or is it just overdone? Uh, you asked me an, I, an or question, and I'm going to say yes. I think there is a place for it. Mm-hmm. I think that place is only in about 5% of where it is placed. <laughs> but I think it can work. Like, But the, the thing is now, you start me in media res, mm-hmm. and I know we're going to go, how many days ago? I, and I and I do every time we something like this starts. I'm like, bets on how long ago we start. One week ago, six hours ago. How how long ago do you think all of this started? Um, it it is extraordinarily overused. It is a device that, and it's not even used in a way that I think works. Like here, I don't think it. It's necessary. Mm-hmm. The, the idea, I suppose, is to put you in the middle of action, not yeah. knowing where you're coming. And media, media res. This is a plot, a it's fiction a plot device, device that that's lasts Greeks. forever. Right. It, it's in Paradise Lost. Is told but in media res. We're not in media res here. Right. We get a static image of mm-hmm. shit looks bad, right. and then we go backwards. Well, we're not in. We're in. The, we're not in the middle of anything. It was we're meant, at the end of a thing. It was meant to intrigue you. As to say, how did we get here? And I've actually done that right in my writing. And you can, it can work. But you need to have a compelling scene that you're opening with. But, I mean, the trick is, I don't know these people, so why do I give a fuck about what's happening to them? Well, you also don't really see the people. You just see In this case, that's why I think in this case, it just doesn't work. It's very weird. There's... No reason, oh, except for right. when in, a, in an hour and 40 minutes you go, oh, hey, it's that same shot from before, mm-hmm. except I've seen movies before, so that's not novel. Right. You know what I mean? Like, in 2019, this is not novel anymore. Same thing well, with knocking on one door and opening another. Silence of the Lambs did yes. it unbelievably well. Right. So good. And now you can't do it anymore because it doesn't, unless you're going to twist it somehow. We know what you're doing because well, there, we've seen movies. There were tricks. Um, the first time I saw The Sixth Sense. Okay, how can I forget the name of that Y'all, movie? I'm putting weed into my face right now, okay. so it's a time. I will invert my gaze. <laughs> no, no, no. Just so everyone knows, mm-hmm. I, we're officially on a timer. <laughs> but, um, but that film... That trick was amazing. Oh, the unreliable narrator has mm-hmm. told us the story, and then at the last minute we see, oh my God, every one of his observations meant something other than he mm-hmm. thought what he thought it meant, and that was amazing. And I have seen that done dozens of mm-hmm. times since then. Like it worked once, let's just repeat it ad yes. infinitum to because the point to where it doesn't make sense it, anymore. It's it like, not oh, only destroyed right. movies that tried to copy that particular right. thing; it also really destroyed Shyamalan because. He, he is now held right. to this. Ex- you have to give me something that I'm not expecting in your yeah. films, and so now it's that's an impossible thing to live up to. Everyone and he is, doesn't. That's right. not. He didn't set up to be like I'm going to be the dude that only makes movies with twists. Right. He made a good movie with a twist, and now he's pigeonholed in a way that well, is that's, that, that, that's, unfair. Yeah, that's unfair to him. And so it's everyone's expecting this. It's like, well, where's the twist? Maybe there isn't one. 
Maybe there isn't one. All right, so the house is on fire. <laughs> so, yeah, we start with the house is on fire, and mm-hmm. we do get very much like The Shining and several of the other things that we've watched in this series mm-hmm. because they like to go back. That that overhead shot of them driving to the over, overlook is iconic mm-hmm. and so much easier to do with drones. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I was on a, I was on a camping trip <laughs> oh, no. a few years ago with... A friend whose name we won't bring up. That's fine. And um, we there was a beautiful gorge because I was went to the great outdoors over there, and there was a beautiful kind of uh, suspension bridge over it. Ooh. And everyone was waiting on one side because one guy was standing there, walking, navigating his drone about six feet above his head, trying to get a panoramic view of himself walking across this bridge. And it was a very long bridge, and it was taking forever, and everyone is just waiting. Just have to, to wait for him because he wants this cinematic kind of shot of him walking on this bridge. And I thought, oh, sweet Jesus! Yeah, yeah. So Enough. now, when the end of every House Hunters is just them, mm-hmm. the drone pulling away, and you just see, and I'm just like, oh, filmmakers! Like, and I know it yeah. frustrates you too when you oh, see it like frustrates me, yes, like a screensaver on my computer or something, and you're like. That was an effect. Yeah, that used to be a special effect. I, I when I and think now about it, we just have the shining to and it. somebody in you know, or even the first time this was done, really was done was a picnic, the William Holden movie with Kim Novak, and James Wong Tao is suspended out of the open door of a helicopter trying to get one of those mm-hmm. pullback shots. And or not, the, that opening mm-hmm. of the magnificent Ambersons, yes. right with the. Crane shot that right. just and goes Susan on. Kane does the same thing. These yeah. weird swooping crane shots, and now it, everyone can do it. Yep, and it's not a measure for sixty nine ninety nine or whatever. Yeah, yeah it's not even expensive. Orson Welles' opening shot of uh, Touch of Evil, where he pulls back in one. And so, because take, we can, we do just keep doing, even it. if we don't need to. Right. So, yeah, there's that. Mm. So, we've got our family, Lewis, played in this version by uh, Jason Clark. Mm-hmm. I cannot for the life of me remember who played Dale him. Dale Midkiff. Oh, that's right. He got a baby face. Yeah. You know who he looks like a little bit is Henry Thomas. That's interesting. I never thought of that, but I can see it. I, yeah, it just came to me. Henry Thomas. Of E.T. fam, but not anymore. Um... And, yes, Jason Clark, who has been on a run lately of just mm-hmm. being, first of all, he is probably the most employed actor with the most dad bod lately. I'm not saying anything against him. I'm just saying mm-hmm. right now it seems to be a, mar- to be a leading man, to be a marketable actor, mm-hmm. you have to be built in a way that means you're probably well, dehydrated and maybe you should get your kidneys looked at. And he is Since you brought this up, that was one of the things that struck me. The original film, right, mm-hmm. had the most unlikely glamorous couple, Denise Crosby, who was really beautiful, and Dale oh, Midkin. Denise Crosby, yeah. And you get these really good-looking people, Denise Crosby, you know, from the Star Trek The Next Generation, I think that's probably where people recognize her. That's where I know her from, yeah. With her hard cheekbones and her sort of glacial blue eyes. And then we go to a couple that looks like a couple. And I think that that might have been better. They're, maybe they're more relatable. And the original couple was almost too glamorous, where it was distracting how good-looking they were. Um, so I think this might work better. Yeah, Maybe. 
Uh, and then he is joined. He is an emergency room doctor. Who mm-hmm. they are leaving the big city. He is going to work at the the like the college health center, mm-hmm. same as in the original. Yes, in Maine. Uh, his wife, played by Amy Simitz, who is a, an actress I don't recognize, but I'm sure I've seen in other things. Uh, oh, upstream color. Yeah, I don't watch that. Uh, and their two adorable children, Ellie, played uh, by Jete Lawrence. I, if I'm mispronouncing that, I apologize, but it is spelled J-E-T-E with an... No, there's a... There's a accent over that second E. So Jete, I believe, is the pronunciation. And Baby Gage. Baby Gage, super adorable, played by twins in this, which is good. Uh... If we know the original story, Gage does not, uh, it doesn't go well for Gage. But there's a twist in this version, y'all. There's a twist. twist. Uh, Gage makes it most of the way. (laughs) Not all the way, but most of the way. They're moving into this house (laughs) that is adjacent to a town, I suppose. Town adjacent. Uh, there's a, they're on a lot of land. They're across the street. I believe it is, he is actually across the street. Neighbor is Judd, played in this version by John Lithgow, who I said had done an accent last week. I I did say that, and I was a lying liar who lies. I thought he was doing a a not main accent, but he's just John Lithgowing it up. Over yeah, there. that that was it was interesting when you mentioned that. And I thought you were being ironic. He's committing no, to an I accent. really thought that he had an accent, but just not the main Fred accent. Wynn he really leaned, leaned into, into it. the, you know, yeah. to the point where, yeah, that was a lot of fun because we don't really. John Lithgow just mm-hmm. leaned into this luxurious beard. Right. Oh, his beard looks so good in this. <laughs> so white and lovely. Uh, so they, while moving in mm-hmm. after. Uh, Lewis, Dr. Creed, is off at work. Ellie sees some kids going back into their, onto their property, back right. into the forest, follows them out. There are a bunch of children, we presume. They look like children, but they're all wearing masks. They could be the Wendigo. Very similar to the vibe, uh, oh, we haven't watched it yet for this show, but in... Oh no, we did. I'm thinking of the other, the uh, the Castle Rock. Yes, in Castle Rock, there was the kids with the paper mache. The kids masks. with the paper mache masks. Right. That's really what it felt like. It was mm-hmm. that, a very similar vibe with drums. Probably not culturally great. Like mm-hmm. a little bit appropriative, a little bit problematic. They're children. Let's not hold it against them. I guess. Uh, I believe then that. Oh, and. Uh, when Ellie's back there by herself, having wandered away from her mother, who is nervous. Mom is nervous in this movie. If there's one word to describe the mom in this movie, mm. it's nervous. <laughs> Which wore on me a little bit. Mm. I was like, it's kind of this exhausting. woman clearly needs psychological right. help. Like, she needs therapy and probably some anti-anxiety medication. Yeah. She's married to a doctor. Yeah, you think. So, I understand he doesn't want to prescribe her medicine. That's fine. 
But he's got to have a colleague or two. They seem to be a very dysfunctional couple from the start. Yeah, I don't think they've had a conversation in a cool six years. I, there's and and as the meeting. Well, okay, so we should start with uh, Ellie meets. Yes, Ellie tries Judd to climb Randall. the dead deadfall at the back of this pet cemetery, mm-hmm. and Judd tells her not to do it, which startles her, and she falls down and gets a burn in her leg, and he takes it out. Mm-hmm. Oh no! It's, she's stung by a bee. I yeah. guess she steps into a nest. Um, and he pulls out the stinger, stinger and rubs mud on it. And at that point, mom shows up and is like, "What's going on?" And they all introduce to each other. So, uh, and Ellie likes Judd right away. Uh, Judd's like, "This is a pet cemetery." When when Ellie asks, and she's like, "Oh, that's what the sign." Or he goes, "Didn't you read the sign?" And she goes, "They spelled it wrong." And I'm like. But they spelled it phonetically, so you know what that sign says. And uh, he points out where he, in fact, had buried his dog. Mm-hmm. And um, But then, you know, Rachel, mom, shows up and is like, uh, let's go, let's get out of here. Let's walk four steps in front of this man and not say anything to him all the way back. She's very So awkward. She's a very awkward person. Um, it's pretty clear that they've moved here basically to save their marriage uh, because he's been working overnights in the ER at in Boston, I believe. Right. Uh, which has left them little time to interact other than, I guess, for her to get pregnant and then for him to go back to work. Because uh, they do have a very young child. Gage is, what, probably two... He probably turns three in, right. at his birthday party. That's probably about how old he is. Uh, and he's very cute. Cuter than the original Gage? Maybe. I don't know. They're both pretty cute. Well, more alive. Well, Gage starts out alive in the other one. So, um... So, yeah, so they're, oh, yeah, and they're in Ludlow, Maine, because, of course, they're in Maine. Uh, On his first or second day, Mm -hmm. I guess maybe his second day, uh, Lewis has to tend to a boy who is struck by a car on the campus. Probably one of the trucks, in fact, they said. Mm -hmm. One of the logging trucks along the road, which we already got a quick glimpse of right when they, you know, moved in. There is no fence in front of the property, and the loggers uh, come along the road running very quick with very big trucks. Uh, and I'm just like, why Why are there no gates? Gates and fences, y'all. You could build gates and fences. There's a lot of trees. You could build fences out of them. <laughs> or just put maybe some leashes on your kids. I never thought that was a good idea until I was a nanny and now I think it's a good idea. But uh, this child or this young man is struck. He comes into the health center freaking out everyone. One of the nurses is like violently ill and, you know, freaking out. And I'm like, uh, to which our our roommate said, well, maybe this proves that you're not cut out for this. And I'm just like, first of all, I think she's like a a nursing student. Right. I don't think that she Second was, like, of all, you could be a nurse your whole life in a small town, specifically on like 
a university health center and never see an injury like this. Yeah. The, being upset by um, being able to see the inside of someone's head is not a disqualifier. There's not really much to see inside someone's head. Mm-mm. No. The pulsing brain in this Just case. mushy. Just mush. 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 Like old oatmeal. Uh, new oatmeal, actually. Yep. Shiny and new. But it's congealed, kind of. It's it's more solid than you. I like my oatmeal like that. Oh, okay. I'm weird. Don't judge me. I'm not judging. <laughs> uh, as much as he tries to save him, they do not have it's the capability, and he is too far gone. So this young man is, in fact, killed. They cannot rebuild him. No. His name is Vic- Victor Pascal. Uh... When Lewis gets home that night, he sits out on the front stoop, uh, and Rachel comes out to talk to him, and he tells her what has happened. And she, like, doesn't want to talk. She, like, says she's sorry, but also clearly is like, don't bring this here, because I don't talk about death. I don't want to talk about death. I never want to talk about death. Let's not talk about death. I can't talk about death. Death freaks me out, and I don't want to talk about it. We can't talk about it. I don't want to talk about death. It's like, damn. You really, like, should see somebody because like at some point someone's gonna die and right. you're gonna have to deal well, with it. she can't even handle the death of the cat. Uh, yes. Uh, that's the thing. So we go to it's Halloween. Uh, looks like Ellie's made some friends even though I thought for sure they were gonna homeschool that girl. And uh, Judd calls Lewis out to the road and is like I found your cat. Uh, Lewis is like, let's deal with this later. I don't want to, like, it's right before trick-or-treating. I don't want to ruin this holiday for her. Uh, so they decide to meet later to, to bury the animal. Uh, at this point, Judd has been invited over at one point where, and Ellie, like, performed a little dance recital for them because, because she's an eight-year-old girl and that's what we do. That's what we do. And uh, Judd decides to show Lewis like the cemetery behind the cemetery. Now, we should say there is the scene that mirrors the original mm-hmm. where Victor Pascal sits up well a- after he's been pronounced and says, you know, don't go... F- you know, the veil isn't meant to be breached or something like that and don't go to where... I don't remember exactly what he says, but it's like it's very cryptic, but also, you know, basically a don't 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 do what you're gonna do thing. Which is weird because it seems now like everything has been predetermined. Yes, I feel like the idea is really that Victor Pascal and I didn't feel this way in the book. It does not work well in the films. His character doesn't. Mm. Because he actually effectively does absolutely nothing. No one listens to him. And it's not his fault. No. But he's trying desperately to warn people all the way through the story, and they just ignore him. Like, well, in this one, do we see him later on? Yes, we do. We do. He's bringing dreams to people, and then he's eventually bringing dreams to Gage. To Gage. I See, I know that Gage... Mm-hmm says his name later. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that we... I couldn't, I couldn't remember see actually seeing right. the actor We see uh, play him in dreams that... Oh, we will say that... I will say this is that they've hired a black actor for right. this character. Sure. 
representation. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what <laughs> It Victor doesn't Pascal matter because the character doesn't. Um, yeah, it doesn't change. Yeah, basically his, his job is to be an way. unheeded warning. Warning. But also, wh- why? Like, I don't know. Well, maybe there was just a sort of feeling that there wasn't really enough diversity in the cast. No, 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 no. Not why did they make him black. I don't yeah. care about that. That's fine. Uh, it sucks that the only black character in this movie is dead. Is in the dead. first five minutes, yeah. Um, why is this character? Um, I, I feel like... This character doesn't have right. any, uh, as far as we know, no connection to the land. Mm-hmm. No connection to the family. Just that he died. He doesn't serve a really useful purpose other than being the voice of warning, like someone is trying to tell them that they're in danger. But is it just because Lewis did his best to try and help him live? I think that's what the is idea that, is. That what the idea is? Because that's, that's something I don't really understand. Mm-hmm. It's like, why do you have any vest? Like, it can't be like, his unfinished business is to make sure Lewis doesn't, you know, fuck up his whole family. <laughs> like, I just, it's, it's, it's odd. So he, he appears to Lewis that night mm-hmm. and takes him to the pet cemetery, but not the pet cemetery, like further than the pet cemetery. Right. He, he is. And then, right. Uh, Lewis wakes up in bed and finds that his feet are filthy. So he thought he had had a dream, but apparently he had gone tromping out to the to the woods. So the other thing is, why would you tell somebody to stay away from a place by taking them to that place? That you place, see this place right, right here. here. Don't go to this that place. That you now how to know how to get to. Don't right, don't bye. do it again. <laughs> like it's just. Yeah, it's he, weird. Like I said, as as haunting presences that warn you of things go. He's not really successful. It's not, it's not no, ideal. He's not good at so, his job. So on Halloween, because of course on Halloween, mm-hmm. and then on into the next morning, I would presume, which we've gotten into the Dia de los Muertos, which is the day you definitely don't want to go to nope. the pet cemetery behind the pet cemetery. Judd takes Lewis up and over the deadfall, which in this movie, actually, the deadfall is actually really good. Although, as they were walking through, past the deadfall, in through the forest and up the mesa to where the second cemetery is, the right. the dangerous one, where the earth is sour, that is what Victor says. Um, I, just, I, I really like it. I'm just like, they're on a set. <laughs> like, And I don't usually, I can't usually tell. I am a member of a Facebook group. For giant painted backgrounds in movies. Uh Which is fine. And it's very funny how, again, different generation of people are totally used to, oh, that's... It's not that I'm not used to it. It's that I don't, I can't usually tell. Right. Okay. And something about the way this is shot, I don't know if it's the light or the utter lack of any air movement. Mm-hmm. There's not a leaf flutter to right. be seen in this as they're walking through the forest. Yes. And I'm just like, why is there no air here? <laughs> like, I don't know what it, I don't know it what it was, but me like, of like George of the Jungle. But Meanwhile, I also think it really was a large soundstage. It, yes, that's really <laughs> right. what it, I was just like. Oh, this is a soundstage for sure, which 
I want to be clear. I don't care that they use the sound mm-hmm. stage. That's fine. Right. I would rather them do that than go out to the woods and destroy some woods so that it looks the way that they want it to look. Right. Like, that's not good. Um, but for whatever reason, I was just like, sound stage. <laughs> uh, so they're definitely on a soundstage, y'all. It also felt to me like I was like, is this a, from, like, Indiana Jones or something? Like, when they got to the top of the Mesa, mm-hmm. I was like, this feels like I've seen it in, like, six it or seven like different movies. It feels like the combination movies. of matte paintings and, you know, soundstage that used to get in old adventure movies. You know, when I would be watching Journey to the yeah. Center of the Earth or something from the 50s. And it's like, here we are in the outdoors, this strange outdoors with the painted backdrop and... It blah 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 blah. It's gonna. Ha- that's very much. What and it I felt do like. think that I, I think nighttime does it a disservice too mm-hmm. because it already is weird whenever they're filming shit in like the woods at night because mm-hmm. I'm just like, where's the light coming from? Yes, exactly. <laughs> like it's dark in the woods at night, y'all. Like you can't see anything. And yes, I when I'm watching a movie, I like to be able to see the thing, right. so I understand that they have to be light, but it's. You're already putting well. That's, that's a layer of again. That's a uh, and that's why it's so weird that they did this in this film. Yeah, right? in that this is a really old school film technique. And if the film had been made forty years ago, you just accept that as part of oh, that's the way it looks. Yeah, um, everything's lit evenly from all sides, and it's you know outdoors at night. But in trying to keep realistic and realistic locations with the rest of the film, this just sort of stood out. Yeah. Because obviously the rest of it is shot on location in the woods. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of it is in actual woods, right? Right. Yeah. So, you know, Lewis is like, what is this place? And Judd's like, "Mm, nobody really knows. Mm -hmm. But the people that were here before, which I believe are the Micmacs, um, you know, left and they left the deadfall behind so that you people wouldn't come up here. And I'm just like, maybe we shouldn't be up here. Like, maybe we pay attention to that. No, you don't want to. Okay. Uh, and then maybe he says the Wendigo. It's the Wendigo. The Wendigo is up here. Now, I don't believe the Wendigo is ever name checked in the actual book. It is. Is it? Yeah. And that's oh, okay. the reason why that was the running joke because. I'd seen the film, the first film, but I don't believe they mentioned the Wendigo at all. I don't believe so. And the Wendigo, for those of you who don't know, is one of those woodland spirits that means a lot of things. Yeah. I'm almost certain that Stephen King is referencing Algernon Blackwood's story, The Wendigo, which oh, is maybe. the story that brought it into... One of the things I'm very sad about yeah. for the 2020 uh, pause of movies is there's a movie called Antlers that's uh-huh. supposed to come out, right. which I believe is also... A, a telling of the Wendigo story right? Uh, that looks really good and is on hold. <laughs> there is, I mean, it's supposed to be this, supposedly the spirit of the North Woods that compels people to violence and cannibalism okay. during winters. Now, um, as opposed to just almost freezing to death. And right. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it lurks around and causes mischief. The Algernon Blackwood story is... <laughs> Cannibalism being classified as mischief. Kind is, of mischief. Uh, <laughs> um, the story, I recently tried to hear it again, and there are some comments that are so overtly racist mm-hmm. that it was hard to listen to. Mm-hmm. And that's a pity because I, 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 it's like a lot of older stuff. You can't recommend it all the time. Yeah. People are like, oh, yeah. you should read this story. And then you listen to it again. Oh, sweet Jesus. 
I just told somebody to listen to that. Yeah. But um, but yes, uh, if you can take the racism in the context of the time, it's actually it's it is one of the seminal horror stories. Oh, interesting. Okay, so they bury Church, and by the time Lewis gets back, uh, he has a talk with Rachel, mm-hmm. and they're like, "We have to tell her that Church died," and Rachel's like, "Can't we just say you ran away?" Because Rachel is in a denial. deep pit of denial. Mm-hmm. And uh, finally, they try and have this conversation with Ellie. But Ellie's like, church is outside my window. He's in my closet right now. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Mm-hmm. He's fine. He didn't run away. He didn't get hit by a car. He's right here. Right. And he is there. Uh, and he smells real bad. And he likes to hiss at things now and bring dead birds in. And when you comb him, sometimes chunks of his flesh and hair come out it's not a good scene no. and then eventually he attacks gage in gage's uh, crib which cannot see, stand there's I, I the issue with a remake is that there's certain scenes that you're looking for and that's always a problem when you're doing a remake particularly of a movie that had a lot of influence that was popular or famous i think the scenes with gage i mean excuse me with church are some of the more effective scenes in the movie because it's creepy and This is unsettling. a different kind of cat, too, than right. they used. This is a Maine Coon that they used in this one. Well, a number. There are like four mm-hmm. cats in this right. in this movie. Some of them are no longer with us. R.I.P. kitties. Uh, like, for reals. Yeah. <laughs> like, the cat actors died. Uh, but, yeah, Church is uh, scary in this because yes. he's a big, furry-ass cat. And yeah. he is... He could do some damage. When he's well, in that bed with that kid, right, you're like, oh, no. really creeped me out. You know, anybody who's had a child or taking care of one, maybe. The idea of how vulnerable a child mm-hmm. is, and then you have this cat that's larger than A cat that's all teeth, and, teeth right. and claws. Yeah. it's And, and is a temper. predator. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Much scarier than Cat's Eye to me. Yeah. This, this particular cat, mm-hmm. what they could wrangle the cat to do. But also there's a fair they... amount. This is where CGI works. Mm-hmm. When you're able yeah. to do digitally, yeah. because I, otherwise, I mean, the original film, it, it would be tantamount to animal abuse to yes. try to do what they do to this cat. But in this film, they're able to digitally make up the cat so that it's, it is creepy and weird looking. And yeah, it works really well so that yeah. those the scenes I thought that were very effective were having this very large and disturbing looking cat. Yeah. Roaming around the house where there's... Hissing an and yeah. yowling and... Yeah. yeah. So after it attacks Gage, mm-hmm. um, Lewis takes it out, tries to kill it, can't bring himself to do it, so it just drives real far away. Mm-hmm. This is his second mistake. Yep. The first mistake, y'all, was putting him in the sour ground. Don't do that. The uh, And, and he, is, he is, at this point, he has confronted Judd, and Judd is like, I feel really bad, but... I love Ellie and I didn't want her to be sad. So, and I thought that's what you were trying to avoid too. So that's why I showed you this place, but forget I said anything about it. Don't remember anything about it. It's real bad. And don't, don't do it. Don't, don't, don't go back. And then meanwhile, we've got Rachel who is, uh, actively, um, interacting with her childhood trauma. Uh, same childhood trauma from before, from the from the first movie, where her sister had some sort of degenerative disease that left her fairly deformed. Uh, and I don't know, did she fall down the dumbwaiter in the original story too? No, no. Okay. This was this over. This it keys one, up yeah. This one. Her death 
it, it's really deeply disturbing. So she's home alone at like eight and she has to give Zelda her meal. And rather than going up and, and facing her, she sends it up in the dumbwaiter, mm-hmm. uh, which apparently has gotten stuck or, you know, she has to go, Zelda has to go get the food though. Right. And ends up falling down the dumbwaiter to her death, which is, it's, it's, the way it's shown in the show is deeply nightmarish. But once mm-hmm. again, their, her parents are trash and should never have left her, like clearly, we didn't get enough of the it's asshole the parents story. in this movie, though. It's the same story as Bastion did in the Twilight Zone. Was right. it the Twilight Zone? Oh, Grandma? Right. Yes. Yeah. It's that same... I mean, it's the same kind of thing where a child who shouldn't be left alone with an, with a person right. who is ill is left alone Which with a person who is ill when they die. It makes me wonder about Stephen King, because this is a theme he revisits. But once again, and, and my response to that was, well, his mm-hmm. mom worked at a nursing home. Right. So I don't know that anything happened to him at his home, mm-hmm. but it is entirely possible that he was... I'm sure he's heard stories, too. Or had yeah. been, you know, if he visited mom at work, Yeah. you know, we have Ponyo, where when you visit mom at work at the nursing home, everybody's super nice to you and always gives you candy, but they're in Japan and we're in America. Right. So We don't like old people in America. We don't treat them the best necessarily in some of the uh, facilities that we have that's for sure we come to the birthday party for ellie oh no i guess it was ellie's birthday party mm-hmm. so they're having a, a party in the front yard and there's cake and trucks. and trucks and we see ellie go out to the road and she sees gage and she goes to see and kneels in front of Gage, who is just sitting in front in the middle of the road, which mm. is not an ideal place to no. be. And then we see Gage running towards the road. And we, as readers of the book and viewers of the previous movie, presume that something terrible is about to happen to that little baby boy. Lewis sees Gage running towards the road. He yells Gage and takes off running towards Gage. Rachel sees both of them running, so she's also screaming and running after them. Everybody's running. Dad grabs Gage out of the road. A truck... Out of the... Not out of the way of a truck, but he wasn't Mm -hmm. in the road yet. Gets him and he's safe. A truck comes by... Slams on its brakes because Ellie is still in the road. And um, the truck is able to steer off and crashes into the to the trees or whatever right, is off the, the side road. of the road. But in its sharp turn, uncouples with its trailer, trailer which continues on the road and through Ellie. Just through her. I no. The fact that uh, they're... So, so, so we have a switch in characters. Gage is not the one that dies. Ellie is the one that dies. Mm-hmm. Um, which they released to the public before the movie came out. That that was a I change. I think that kind of messed with it a little bit. Because this would have been a great shock had I not known that. They did it because... Mm-hmm. Here's the thing about fans. 
You may know a few things about fans. But here's the thing about fans. Fans don't like when you touch their things that they've decided are theirs and only for them. Mm -hmm. They were afraid people were going to get up and walk out. They were legitimately afraid that people would not finish watching the movie and that they would be lambasted in reviews if people didn't know that this... Excuse me, fundamental change to the film had happened. I understand. I understand that fear. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think it would have been better. If yeah, it would have been a great shot. We to had like, what? known what. Yeah. Um, I think that this works better. No, tell me why it works better because you have very good reasons. In a filmmaking sense, mm-hmm. um, one, the we've we've seen the relationship. Here's what you know about a baby. Everybody mm-hmm. loves a baby. Right. You don't want a baby to die. There's no relationship between that baby and its parents. Mm-hmm. Like between like a like a person to person relationship because babies aren't people quite yet. <laughs> right? Like yes, your baby has some personality, but and you've bonded with that baby. Yeah. But it's not the same as a relationship between an 8-year-old and her dad and mom. And specifically her dad. The relationship they build up the relationship between Ellie and her dad fairly significantly at this. Two. Um it's that's a that's a tall ask on your effects teams to make this baby scary. Mm-hmm. Um and also not abuse said baby. Right. <laughs> like Unless we're going to fully digitize and CGI this baby, it's going to both look bad and feel bad for everybody involved. So I just think the older kid death works better narratively. Um, I think it also, given Rachel's relationship with her sister and that being the cause of her trauma, having a female come back to life that she's been when she's been dreaming about her sister mm-hmm. sort of haunting her um is more traumatic for her uh and once again it's not a baby so if we don't have to kill a baby i'm on board now well, spoiler alert we kill the baby also everybody died here's the thing about this movie everybody died. it happens off screen so you don't have i think everybody. with the original film the issue was it was difficult to make the baby terrifying because it's still a baby. It's still a baby. A and baby's a baby. You know what I can do to a baby? Right. I can throw a baby. Right. Do I want to throw a baby? I don't. I don't want to do that. But that can means that I you've throw never a baby? Because sometimes you do want to throw the baby. You just That's like true. It. You're right. Just I have stop not. crying. Anyhow. Um, but what I'm saying is, right. I am not afraid of a baby. Right. I'm not. I'm not afraid of Chucky, and I'm not afraid of a baby. Like well, these are I things I can kick. There's like, <laughs> <laughs> these are things I can kick, That's and like, I can kick a fair distance. Right. And I'm not a strong person mm-hmm. or a particularly good kicker, right. and I still think I can kick that baby. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I, I think what worked better is that, as you also pointed also, out. Also, I'm terrified of eight year old girls. Are you kidding me? That's one of the scariest life forms on well, this planet. When you have and now girl, they have no soul instead right. of very little soul, which is what eight year old girls have. When you have an eight year old, though, this actress is very good. She's very good. Jete. 
Uh, she's very good, and so she's able to not only make you like her as a character, as the actual child, but when she becomes the Wendigo, because she's articulate and not a child, she's mm-hmm. able to say other more creepy things. Mm-hmm. There's a really great moment in this film, and it's not getting ahead of it, because the story basically follows the exact same storyline. Girl comes back. Daddy's taking care of her. It's very similar to what happened with Gage, only we see more of it because we don't have to try to make excuses for why we're keeping the baby in the dark all the time. Right, because it's a terrible so CGI job or, interaction. or a puppet or whatever. Um, yeah. But there's a scene when Mommy comes back and... Well, yeah, okay, yeah. so let's, let's, right. let's follow what happens. Um, Rachel decides that she can't handle death. Mm-hmm. We knew this. We already knew this. She's been saying it literally the whole movie. I can't handle death. She, that's literally <laughs> like her whole... That's that's her entire personality her in this death. movie. That's her. I'm sorry. Her, her whole person... Pay. It's not even that. Her whole personality is unable to deal with trauma and mm-hmm. death. Okay. That's, that's her whole personality in this movie, which is unfortunate, because right. I bet the actress could have done more, but that's what she they gave her to do. She does a pretty good job, however. She does a great job, she's but just she's has so to be basically hysterical yeah. the entire film, and it's, you want to tone her down a little bit. It's like, why are these two married? Because I, they can't my, yes, deal I'm just like, other. clearly this right. woman needs help. Yeah. And her doctor husband is not getting her help. And her I'm doctor like, husband's kind of a dick. And her doctor husband her character is, his character is, he... One of the things that bothered me the most about this story, and it can't be conveyed in the book. I mean, it can't be conveyed in the film as well as it is in the book, where you have a lot of pages to go through this. There is a scene in the book involving Daddy teaching Gage how to fly a kite. That's heartbreaking when you later on find out how the baby dies. They don't have the time to do this in the story, and there's a lot of story to tell, weirdly enough. Right. So, and that is a thing that appears in the first movie. Yeah. Is the kite flying right. thing. Yeah. But it, what makes this not work so well, I think, is that in this film, is that you don't, you only have enough time to get one of their characteristics in. Yeah. And his characteristic is that he never listens to a goddamn person who's trying to warn him. If you're dead, if you're alive, everyone's trying to tell him, don't do this. Don't He's do like, this. I think I'll go dig up the person. Yeah, but I'm a doctor, so right. I'm going to go ahead and everybody. play God. Yeah, And it's so irritating because not given another context for his character and cutting out key scenes like when uh, he and his wife's dad fight over Gage and knock over the coffin and you see like the depth of this kind of, you know, how dead he is inside you don't understand why he just isn't listening to people. You're not yeah. getting that sense. Yeah. He just seems stubborn as hell. That's all that comes across. Yeah. So, so the the day of the funeral, presumably, um, Ellie, or Rachel is like, I'm bouncing, I'm going to stay with my parents. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Cool, because they're good people who definitely yep. left you mm-hmm. alone when they shouldn't yeah. have when you were a kid. But yeah, go with them. I'm sure that house has absolutely no trauma in store for you. Uh, with Gage, they're going to go. Uh, Lewis is going to stay back, quote unquote, wrap up a few things <laughs> at work and then meet them down in Boston. 
Uh, and he goes over to meet with Judd, and Judd is like, oh, I'm so glad that you've come to see me. I, I was going to come see you if you didn't. You can't go up to that cemetery. You Dead is better. Sometimes dead is better. That's where the line right. comes in, right? Sometimes dead is better. It won't be your daughter if you come back. It won't be. You know this. You saw what happened with the cats. Do not, do not, do not, do not go dig up your daughter and put her in the pet cemetery. And uh, Lewis is like, cool, cool, cool. I totally hear you. Let's have a drink together. And, of course, he drugs his fucking drink and knocks Judd out. Rude. And goes and digs up his daughter, at which point I was like, they need better security at the cemetery, first of all. And um, second... Like, if you knew this was the plan, why didn't you just say, don't... You could ask have asked that, literally. It, and it wouldn't have even been a weird ask. No. Don't bear... Like, don't cover the casket until tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That is a thing you can actually request. Like, we have more people coming. We have, like, there are other... Like, right. we want to put something in with her and we haven't done it. You can request that you leave the, the, the grave open for an additional day. Yeah. It sounds weird, but it's actually not that uncommon. Unusual. Yeah. It's it's a thing you can do. I don't know why I know that, but I know that it is. Um, <laughs> Mine is not to ask you why. Uh, that's fine. And because I'm a grave robber. <laughs> yeah, damn, you shouldn't say that. It's a secret. No, nobody knows, right? It's um, just between us. <laughs> yes, just between us. Nobody's listening to this. And it's probably true. And <laughs> it's not. <laughs> People are writing me now. <laughs> and... Uh, he goes and he digs up this whole ass grave, which mm-hmm. is, I can't. If, uh, remember when we talked about how Jason Isaacs doesn't look like he's carved out of marble? Mm-hmm. Or J- not Jason Isaacs, excuse me. That's not his name. Jason Clark. Uh, Jason Isaacs also doesn't look like he's carved <laughs> out of marble, but Jason Isaacs does look to be in better shape than right. Jason Clark. Jason Clark, um, our dad, uh, yeah, bear, un, undigs <laughs> six feet of dirt and then fireman carries right. dead weight literally all the way back up to this fucking cemetery and I'm just like uh, and then I guess has to dig another hole right to put her in to put her in it that's a lo- mm. Mm. I yeah. guess when he pulled the narcotics to give Judd, he also pulled some amphetamines to give right, himself, exactly. because how did he do that? Anyways, he does it. When he gets home, of course, Ellie is already there. I don't... That's the other thing. I don't know how... they These... Not just supernatural, but, like, they move super fast. They move super fast, and they're super powerful, as we later on learn. They can, <sighs> Sorry. They drag adults around. They do. So now, he has put his daughter in the sour ground... And things go as you would expect. Now, in the original, uh, Gage or Gage is dead, and uh, Ellie has the shining. In mm-hmm. this, Ellie's dead, and Gage has the shining because uh, Gage is talking to, saying Pascal, 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 mm-hmm. which Rachel remembers as being the name of the dead student. In the other movie. Mom didn't make the connection, and I don't know if it's because they didn't have the conversation about right. the kid or not, but in this movie, she makes the connection, and I'm like, you seem to 
be hanging on to reality by such a thin thread. I don't know how this got into your it brain. It feels and like you there's stuff missing. And it's a baby yeah, saying it. it. So feels like there's I would presume he was saying something that I just couldn't make out because mm-hmm. baby. Right. Uh, but she was like, he's saying the name of that dead student. And I'm like, how did Rachel? Rachel. How did you remember that? Well, it does communicate with Rachel, or uh, Pascal does communicate with Rachel later in the film. Okay. In the, in the in the original movie, I know he drives back with them, mm-hmm. but I don't right. remember seeing that. And there that he's, uh, she's having visions of them in the car, um, oh, the he, pileup, right? Oh, she he, is. Okay. She is. So, they, she's like, nothing good's happening here, and Zelda still feels like she's here, and Gage is freaking out, so we're going to go back up to the house, because mm-hmm. I don't think shit's going right up there. So she goes back. There is a car accident, as you say, pile up, whatever. Now, meanwhile, Jason gets, or Lewis gets back to the house, and of course, Ellie is there. And he gives Ellie a bath, and he sees the staples on the back Mm. of her head. And I'm just like, we saw what happened. She would need more than staples in the back of her head. I mean, she would look like a, a pie that she dropped. Yes. And stepped on. Uh, yes, it, it's a terrible image, and mm. that for especially about a child. But like, she was a liquid. She was the liquid form of a human at this mm-hmm. point. There's no way that this is all that she. Came that away this with. is what she. Yeah. So, you know, she's obviously being. She's inhabited by this other mm-hmm. thing. Uh, she she says, you know, I don't remember anything after the party. What's what's going on? And Dad lies. Oh, you know, nothing. It's fine. Everything's okay, <laughs> cool. No undead children in your house. Yeah. What makes also, you think? Also, like, that? oh, because he put her in the ground dirty. Because I was like, her her dress is filthy, mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, they buried her inside of a casket, but then he buried right, her he buried not her inside of a casket. That's why. Uh, and she had to get back out of the ground, I guess. Uh, you know. Lewis is rightfully exhausted from his unburial and reburial. So he, I guess, passes out. I don't know how you sleep with a zombie in your home, but sure. Okay. You it's you get some shut eye. Right. You go. And he knows Meanwhile, at this point it's not gonna go well. Right. No, That's yes, so because, frustrating. Yes, because the cat didn't right. go well. And Gabe or, or he was not trying to kill the cat a second. Church time. is back. Right. Church is also back. Uh, and Church and Ellie go and visit Judd, because why wouldn't you? And they tease the Achilles cutting a couple mm-hmm. of times, and then right. she does, in fact, cut his Achilles with Church as a foil to right. keep his attention Just in one place. I'm yes, cut him. Uh, do they go into whether or not he had done this to his wife? Mm, I don't believe so. It's hard because now the two stories are blending. Are, are blending. I don't. I believe it is implied, but mm-hmm. not discussed. It, it seems like I, I feel like there's scenes missing. It feels like it's m- missing a lot of the things that were explanatory in the last adaptation. And maybe because they were like, "You've seen it, so right. we're not gonna do it again." Which that's ballsy. Because <laughs> how do you the, know? I've the seen story it. of the guy who comes back, that the yes. whole town has to get yes. rid of. That isn't in this at all. So, I mean, there was some stuff that worked really well in terms of explaining why this was, you know. But it also doesn't explain why, well, never mind. I, yes. People make bad decisions. That's all yes, that this Yes, it's a lot about. of bad decisions. So Judd is killed. Bye, Judd. Uh, and 
then Rachel and Gage return home, and now it's the scene that you're talking right, about. Right, where like, she, he compels this terrified woman to hug her dead daughter. Yeah, and, that and is man, really well done. Yes. I'm like, ooh, talk about re-traumatization. This woman the is having an... She f- sells it. She, she sells does. the look of utter repulsion and horror having to touch something that she knows is dead. Yes. That was really well done. Yes. Um, and I'm like, ooh, if you guys make it through this, she is divorcing your ass. Right. She's, they're not. It doesn't. Nope. They're nope. not going to make it or get divorced. Uh... Ellie starts attacking everybody because she's mad that she's being... Because basically, Rachel takes Gage and locks them in her their room upstairs mm-hmm. and it's like, uh-uh, not my daughter. Nope, right. nope, 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 nope. Whatever the hell And Ellie is, is like, or... fuck you. <laughs> and to be fair, Ellie knows at this point right. that she's not she's her daughter. She's going to get a to the back of the head at some point mm-hmm. from mom. Because mm-hmm. dad's not going to do it. <laughs> So, Lewis goes and finds Judd's body and runs back home. And at that point, Ellie is attacking Rachel. And by attacking, I mean stabbing her in the stomach. (laughs) At which point, Lewis makes bad decision number... What? At this point, I've lost lost count. (laughs) And decides to carry... He locks Gage in the car, which mm-hmm. is a bad idea in and of itself, but I understand. Right. What he should have done was lock himself and Gage in that car and then drive the fuck away. But right, that is not what he has done. Her, no. He can't no. save his wife. He can't say well, he can't, because he's gonna take her up into the woods. And it's like, Gage, don't open the door, not for anybody, not even Ellie, and I'm just like you're talking to, like, a two-year-old. So, right. you know, good luck with all of this. And um, Rachel is bleeding out and is begging him not to do what the fuck he's about to do. Do not take me to that place. I don't want to go there. It's not good. That's not our daughter. I don't want to come back as a soulless whatever or a mm. wendigo or whatever you come back as. And... Uh, as he is, I guess, debating, Ellie hits him in the back of the head with a shovel, as you said, as you said. And then she's just drag. She just. She just drags. She's very powerful. She just drags both of her parents up to the pet cemetery. Individually, I assume. I don't think she's got a leg of each in her hands, but maybe she does. We don't really see. She's just dragging, dragging them. And then. They all return with church and they set fire to Judd's house before approaching the car where Gage is like seeing his family and like right. excited to see his family. And that is the end. And that is the scene that we commit had come in on mm-hmm. where the car is there and the house is on fire. Right. And we see. So this is the scene that we enter and we leave. We do not see. Do we hear the car door unlock? Because um, uh, Lewis has the key. So he right. would be able to unlock the car door. I think we hear the car door unlock and it cuts to black. So in comparison to the original film. 
How do you think it does? Um... I don't... Well, well, let me just say, say this. Let me just mm-hmm. tell you this. Okay. Yeah, the beeping sound of the unlocking is heard as the screen cuts to black. There's an alternate ending released on home media, which we didn't see, where Lewis spares Ellie instead of killing her. Or trying to. Ellie tries to kill Lewis. Lewis prepares to decapitate his daughter, and he is impaled by the reanimated Rachel. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's what happens. They both got up to the Seven right. Pet Cemetery, and that's why she doesn't have the dragon boat. And then they all come back. Um, so a living Lewis mm-hmm. and an undead Ellie and Rachel um, come back, and he promises that they're going to be a family together forever. They also burn Judd's house and Lewis and Ellie approach the family car where Judd, where Gage is still locked in. Inside the house, Ellie, Church, and Rachel approach and reunite with an unhappy Lewis holding Gage who is crying. Yeah, don't do that. Mm. Don't end... Yeah, don't don't. Mm. You, you don't want to see what happens to that baby because nothing good happens to that baby. Yeah. Um, And we've already seen a, a version of this story where something terrible happens to that baby and so I I kind of want to see the uh, so is this like um, the prequel to Zombieland or what? <laughs> That's what it feels like. Like um, what? So now there's just an undead family living in this town in Ludlow. Like, wh- well, I, I think because in the in the book right. and in the original story, they they put an end to the cycle, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And in this, it's like this is just the beginning, which is. Well, you don't know where to go. I know that the original film, he's the the wife comes back, like she's dead and she comes back, and but the uh, implication is that once he's dead, this circle of stupidity will be over and you know will be done. But it does make it sound like they're trying to convert the entire. Um, but this seems to be a right. situation where they are propagating right. whatever their species is. Yeah, and like the, a virus. The impression that I got from the book. And maybe from the original film is that only one of these is possessed at a time. There's like one vessel for this being that's causing all the trouble. Right. And so here it's like, again, it's multiplying. And I, I, it feels like the ending is hinting towards some sort of zombie apocalypse in the future. Which makes no sense that they don't try to um, get their neighbor to participate in the zombie apocalypse and instead just sort of like yeah, just kill stab him to death. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think narratively, I, like I said, I think the, the killing of Ellie versus Gage mm-hmm. works better narratively. Right. I think what is hindered significantly is Rachel's characterization. Yeah. Um, and like I said, not the actress's fault. The actress is doing exactly she's doing what she's asked work. to do. Right. But, but me as an outsider is like, this woman clearly has an anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. And some significant trauma. Right. And it's just, you're just fine with it? Like, she's clearly, like, she's not functional in chunks of her day because she is having PTSD episodes. Yeah. Still. and, and And it's not mentioned, like, these are just coming up now in this place, and I'm 
and I want to leave this place. Although she does say that a little bit, like I think coming here was a mistake. Mm -hmm. But it's not explicitly enough indicated that she was totally fine until they got here. And now she's like having a breakdown, which I think is what they want us to no, but we didn't get any indication of who the, she was before. So I the don't know. The incident is that's driving her into this sort of almost hysteria. Right. Is it just the location? Through the length of the Which film. you could either... That's a line of dialogue. Right. Like, that is easy to do. But that's, because instead of focusing on who this family was mm-hmm. before they got to Maine, they wanted to start with a clever, let's look at the right. end well, before the beginning. And well, like I said, I felt like there were scenes out. missing. Like mm-hmm. there was some sort of connective tissue between these two points. There was some sort of um, instance or incident where they explain stuff to you, and it feels like it's just cut out. Yeah. So I don't know what happened there. It's a, it's a, it's not a bad watch. No, 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 not at all. And the performances aren't bad. It just feels like it's less than what I got the last time. Although I do agree that it's a great improvement to see Ellie as the creature, but it also feels like they went a different way with the story and didn't give much explanation why they went there. Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, there's one complaint I have. Yeah, you don't like you. You miss a you miss a main accent. I know no, that. I miss a main accent, but heterotropia, right? What's that? This is misalignment of the eyes. When one eye looks one way and one looks slightly different. Okay. Okay, and it's a common affliction, and a lot of really good-looking people have it. Okay. I would like it to stop being used as an indication that someone's undead, because they pull that trick a couple of times. The cat comes back. And its eyes are doing... And Ellie comes back the same way. Oh, I didn't realize. I didn't even notice it. Yeah, that's a trope now. It's kind of unfortunate because it's a real common thing. People that you don't think have it, have it. I mean, did you ever notice that Heidi Klum does or Ryan Gosling does? I'm telling you, I didn't notice the characters in this movie had it. So, no, it's not a thing I noticed. Because I have a friend who does have it. And, yes, it's... But it was very strange that that was like the the gag that they're pulling to indicate that she's undead. Well, that and the fact that she's gray. Right. But I mean, that's <sighs> they also did sort of a similar thing in the It movies. With the clown having one eye that's misaligned and somehow that indicates that something wrong is going on. Yeah. But, um, and that actually I believe the actor himself does have the problem or does have that sort of vision issue. The actor playing the clown. Um... Well, he I, he can make his eyes go. Right. Bill Skarsgård can make his eyes go in different directions. I don't think it's a because it's a real it's a real common issue that happens, and that it can be solved surgically or it can be solved by just training people. Well, yeah, my so, brother had something similar. Yeah. They call it walleye. Right. Is <laughs> which is really yeah. It's not. It's not a. It's right. a yeah. I don't know that that's still a term that's mm-hmm. used, but that was what the term that was used. By very old people. When when my brother mm-hmm. had it and they fixed it surgically. Right. Um. In 1998. It was the summer before I went to college, mm. and uh, I I that yeah the surgical uh, fix for that was disconcerting to me. Because I still have a feelings about the movie April Fool's Day, and the optic nerve scares the oh, shit out of me. Yeah. And the way that they surgically fix it is um, 
warning, warning, warning. This is uh, really a scary, creepy thing. At least this is this. Yeah. These are the triggers for me, right? They basically pop the eyeball out of the socket mm-hmm. and then cut the because what it is is the tendons are too tight, mm-hmm. so they just make a little snippy so that they're not so tight, and then they pop them back in. Oh, it's surprising. So that's, they did that on both of yeah. his eyes, and then he had to wear an eye patch for like six weeks or something. And then he was... It's surprising to me um, how much your eye does come out of your skull. Yeah, I don't... We I, don't need to talk about it, because it's very yeah. upsetting to me. It's very upsetting I've to me. I've seen it happen with... Uh, you're shaking your head violently. Never mind. <laughs> I won't tell you that story. <laughs> no, I know it is a thing that can happen, yes, and, and it was very like oh. Every I time, <laughs> like a medical show does a thing where uh, there starts to be that swelling, and the right. it it gets it's, and I'm just like no, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. I saw that because I also know that I, it's I like fixable, never... but it yes. doesn't. It's so upsetting. To yes, me. I, I saw natural life, and it was it was like oh, that's happening. Okay, yeah, don't I, stop that. I'm it was really yeah and i know some people have the capability to do to maneuver these things Mm. and i'm just like please don't around me just please don't i'm so upset like like my shoulders are around my ears i need to like think of all the it just seems like a weird kind of shot because it's such a common thing for people to go, oh, this is the sign that they're undead. Their eye does that weird thing. Well, I don't think it's just that. I think it's no, no, a no, lot I of know, other but things. That... But you've got to also think. Uh-huh. I didn't know the cat did it. But of all of the issues that Ellie would have, that's probably one of them. Because my sense is she doesn't have a full skull anymore after what happened to her. I, yes. I, I think that the accident... I, that would have broken right. 90% of the bones in her body. I think that it was just, it was... Like, the fact that she isn't, uh, like, um... Completely misaligned and yes, crushed. Yes, exactly. I, I think, Which we th- mm. we see in Zelda. Zelda right. has, it looks like a, I don't know, super severe form of, like, spina bifida or right. scoliosis or something. But she also has, like, they've made her skin gray or like a green almost she doesn't look she looks barely human yeah Um, and that we we don't i don't know ever know in this story if that is what she actually looked like or what she looked like to a traumatized eight-year-old which is the view that we're getting right um and because i don't know rachel outside of the context of this window of time where she is clearly in her trauma Mm -hmm. Unreliable narrative. Unreliable. Uh, yeah. So that's it. Is that's that it? it. That's, that's it. it. Okay. So next week, it's another movie. What's the movie? It, chapter two. Okay. Uh, the adult version. Ooh. Ooh, the adults. So we will be watching it. Maybe we'll watch both of them. I might want to watch the first oh, one the first again to, to lead one. into the second one. That would be an one. interesting uh, comparison, I think, because, yeah. All right. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Um, just because it is a sequel, mm-hmm. uh, I, and I like that first movie, so I would, uh, but I, 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 I yeah, I, I maybe, we'll, maybe we should do that. I don't know. We'll see what's available. So we're going to watch It Chapter 2 next week. Uh, until then, do you have anything you would like to recommend? Um, sadly, I have not kept up with things. 
It's because it's been a sad week. It's been a very complicated week, and I haven't got around to actually getting to see things. It's it's been really awful. But what have you gotten up to? Have you seen something? I have. Okay. I watched a movie that just hit Netflix. What is that? Oh no, I do have something. But go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, I'll come back to you then because I'm gonna. Yes, oh, yes, yes. I just scanned through a thing, and I was like, I'd recommend that too. The what I'm going to recommend is. Uh, a movie called Moxie. Moxie. It's on Netflix. It just hit Netflix like last week. Is it about a week. drink? It is not about a drink. <laughs> it is about feminism okay. in high school. It's directed by Amy Poehler, written by, uh, is based on a novel uh, written by uh, somebody else. And uh, I really just enjoyed the watch. Uh, it's about a girl who is an introvert and decides to try and do something about the injustices that she's seeing uh, about uh, of the, uh, the girls, the way the girls are treated at her school. Mm. So she starts a zine. Yes, in 2021, she starts a zine. And um, sort of the, the things that come out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, there are some... I saw a header and it was like... Uh, a, a, you know, Moxie, you know, wants to give feminists to a, a generation that doesn't need it or whatever. And I'm wow. like, okay, well, except... Who the hell said that? That, yeah, it's... I mean, that's just... I mean, that's a ridiculous you're not statement. telling the, the, the upcoming generation anything mm-hmm. that they don't know. But if you don't think that there is also a subset of that group of people that still is living in Boys Will Be Boys Land 101, yeah. you, you've got your head so far up your ass, I don't even know what the fuck to tell you. So that was, like, aggravating to me. Yes, there are decent and good men and women, boys, girls, non-binaries, mm-hmm. uh, or non-binary people... Uh, coming up that that understand that women shouldn't be treated differently right. and and you know dress codes are antiqui- antiquated and this that and, and you know me showing my shoulders doesn't I don't I control what boys are thinking or doing like and it's right. not my responsibility to do that that doesn't mean that the dress codes aren't still the dress codes and that girls aren't still being treated this way, and that yeah. date rape isn't still a thing, and that boys are boys athletics just, are automatically vaulted I, I above girls' athletics. Why, like it's just wild why to me. People like people believe that there isn't there isn't a need for feminism anymore. I don't get it. I, like, I don't even yes, as we record on that. National Women's Day, right. is yeah. Um, but it's not like a threat to a man that there's no, that women have it isn't. equality. Like, how is that a threat? It at isn't. All? And women don't have equality yet. So, yeah, we still need feminism. Right. It's just a weird thing to say. Yeah. It's, it, 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 it felt reductive to me. Like, oh, you're not telling, you're not telling. It's like they think that Amy Poehler wanted to teach young girls what feminism is. Mm-hmm. That's not what the fuck the movie is doing. And she's not stupid enough to know or to, to think that or, or, or have that be the goal. So it was just, it, maybe it was a condescending, you know, thing. I don't know. But I enjoyed the movie very much. Um, okay. I thought it was sweet. People also want to take away from it because the girl in the movie also gets a boyfriend. And I'm like, you're allowed to think that girls don't need boyfriends and also have a boyfriend. Like, 
<laughs> like, so like you strange. don't have to. Right. I, yeah, it's it's yeah. So that sounds the, like really weird criticism. Yeah, frankly. shockingly, a movie felt made by a woman is under weird has gets weird criticism. Yeah, that's odd. Um, but I enjoyed the watch. Um, I thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was poignant. I thought everybody in it was really good. Um, I enjoyed it. So that is my recommendation. Now, recommend the thing. Do it. Um, Do it. I didn't think about it, but we just finished WandaVision. Yeah, we did. <laughs> and I was, um, I really enjoyed no it. No spoilers. I, I we're not going to spoil it. <laughs> more than I thought I would, because I didn't know exactly how we're going to approach this person's story, these characters' story, given yes. what we know about them. Yes. But it became really compelling. It became, for a person my age, really a trip down memory lane watching um, these different incarnations of that relationship as visualized through different television shows in different decades. So it's referencing the Dick Van Dyke show or Bewitched or other yes. stuff. Yeah. And I will mm-hmm. say, the, the, one, the, the one thing I will say that's not a spoiler, mm-hmm. you don't actually need to have watched no. all of the Marvel movies to watch this show. Now, if you have, there's some very there's, neat You'll get a lot out of it. Yes. There's, a, there's one neat piece of casting that really was just like tickled to be pink. I'm like, oh, that was really funny and clever. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make a difference if you haven't They seen it. tell you enough t- that you understand. You will... Obviously, have a deeper connection mm-hmm. if you if you follow these characters right. through the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But if you haven't, it's an entertaining show. It's also not particularly long. It's no. nine episodes, and most of those episodes are half an hour long. Uh, yes, starting with I think number six, there are after credit scenes. But th- that's the other thing is the credits for the show are weirdly long. That sounds like a weird thing to complain about, but they're like. They're like 15% of the runtime. It's a bananas long. It's a, yes, they're very strange. Uh, and, and and they're in multiple different languages, uh, mm-hmm. which for whatever. So, But yeah, so that, um, but no spoilers. I really enjoyed it, though. I, I will bring up a couple of characters that are in here that I, or not just a couple, a trio of characters in here who are from the Marvel Universe. Okay. Um, Captain Rambo. <laughs> Yes. Uh, Jimmy Woo, Agent Jimmy Woo, and Darcy Lewis, who are from different films. Different films. All different films. They all come together. They're basically the... Well, we haven't seen this version of Monica. Right. Of of Captain Rambo. Right. Um, She was a child in the film that we see her in. She is from Captain Marvel. Um, Darcy... Mm-hmm. Played by Kat Dennings, is in the Thor the Thor parts of the of the universe, right. and Jimmy Woo is in the Ant Man parts of the universe. But these are characters I liked their characters in the separate films they appeared in, and seeing them all work together and be basically really funny. <laughs> um, Randall Park is very very funny, and he has really good chemistry with Kat Dennings, and the actress that I'm not really familiar with playing Captain Rambo. Uh, Tiana Paris is really, really good. And they all come, they, they really, what I like about what Marvel does, can do, is invest these characters with so much life that when you see them in another, um, 
another program. Like if you see Doctor Strange, you're looking at one of the characters from Thor. You're like, oh, they're here. It's almost like yeah. you're bumping into one of your friends yes. in a place that you didn't expect to see them. So, yeah, they all do a really yeah. great job. And, and it is unclear really whether well they're going to get a second season. Uh-huh. Um, uh, one of the characters is set to be in one of the films coming up. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say any more right. than that because if you, I don't know what you all know. Right. And there will be I some will people... say that this show will be a spoiler for Endgame and right. Infinity War. And I, I spent some time Sunday convincing somebody, no, you really have to watch this. Especially given their taste for very retro kind of, you know, growing up watching. Yeah, these types of the Dick Van Dyke Show yeah. and that television that even gets referenced. There's parts of an episode of the Dick Van Dyke Show. For here. sure, yeah. It's really, really funny. And there's a, it's also just really well done. Yeah, so either have watched, if you care mm-hmm. about spoilers, have watched Infinity War and Endgame. If you don't care about spoilers, those there are spoilers in this show for those movies right. uh, and scenes from them. So, um, and and uh, Age of Ultron as well. Yes, yes, yeah. That's so, so there that. will be flashes back. But if you don't care about the MCU, if you are not invested and yes, you're not you hiding from spoilers, then they'll own. tell you what you need to know. Yeah, they'll tell you what you need to know. And I will. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Enjoyed a lot. Love me some Paul Bettany. Have some Snipes Tale. Yeah, I love the very well. I can, no, I can't go on to that. Okay, well, that's <laughs> no, no spoilers. We right. said no spoilers. Next week, it chapter two. It. Watch with us. Yes, you should. We it's like good, this. It one. is a good movie. It is a good movie. And until then, if you have questions, comments, concerns, you can email us at latecomerspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at latecomerspod, or you can find us on Facebook and send us a message that way if you'd like. Uh, I remind you, take your medicine. Take your medicine. And we remind you, better late late than than never. never.